Get ready for the most listened to sports podcast in Dallas-Fort Worth. I'm Evan Grant, and this is Balls. I'm Kevin Sherrington, and in this episode, we'll be talking about the Rangers. You know we're on Facebook and Twitter, too. Just search Ballsy Podcast. That's Ballsy with a Z. Welcome back, everybody, for this week's edition of our Ballsy Podcast on Sports Day DFW. You may have noticed a new voice here. A coup has taken place. This is David Moore. I got bored with the other two members of this podcast. There are going to be some changes going forward. But we also recognize this is a transition period, and so we don't want it to be too jarring. So the first guest of this ballsy podcast with me, David Moore, the Dallas Morning News in charge, is someone named, uh, Doug, do you have that back? Oh, here it is, Evan Grant. Evan. Oh, yes, it's a pleasure to be with you here, David. Derwin, what was your name again? <laughs> Something along those lines. Thank you so much for uh, joining me on the new refurbished, revamped, sportsy, sportsy, ballsy podcast. But no, uh, if you're really in charge, you'll find a better name. <laughs> now, you, you can't tamper with success, proven success like this one. So, ballsy, ballsy. So, let's let's jump right into your area of expertise. Not that you're limited to only one because you are something of a renaissance man, but let's focus on the Rangers for purposes of this conversation, Evan. And I believe you're not here. Where are you at the moment? I am in Anaheim in the great state of California. And I thought you had an interesting column in today's Dallas Morning News, something I don't always say regarding the other member uh, of this podcast. But it was about Elvis Andrews, and, and this is a very interesting situation contractually going into this offseason. And, you, you know, while you think you know where it's going until everything is tied down, there's some element of uncertainty there. So why don't you walk us through Elvis Andrews, his situation going into this offseason, and then we'll talk some of the specifics from there. Well, the important element to know is that in Elvis's eight-year contract, there are two opportunities for him to opt out and test the free agent market. Uh, the first comes after this year. Uh, if he bypasses this, he has another one in 2000, after 2019. Uh, and it gives Elvis kind of an opportunity to look around the market, see if his contract is still market value, um, or if there's an opportunity to kind of uh, adjust that, that, the value of that contract. Uh, I don't think that in any situation is Elvis necessarily looking to go anywhere else but I think he would like to at least have the Rangers make sure that his contract remains market value. Now we get into all the variables. Would you like to start with it? Yes, let's do that, Evan. Well, the biggest variable right now is that, you know, he missed six weeks with, uh, with an injury for the first time this year. Uh, and aside from the missed time with the injury, I do think it had some impact on how long it took him to find his timing and get back to play. And his offensive numbers this year have suffered. There, His OPS is, is down 
a hundred points off of where it was last year, which admittedly was a career high. Uh, but it's 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 well below 750. I believe it was 706 going into last night's game. And um, so so the the set of statistics that you'd have as a 30-year-old shortstop going into the free agent market aren't the most enticing at this very moment. And now you have to uh, weigh that versus waiting until you're 31 going on the market with greater numbers and not missing that much time in order to increase your value. That's entirely true. I mean, if he puts up another number, another year like he did in 2016 and 2017, um, and uh, he, he very much could be, while it might be a shorter-term deal that somebody might have out there, he might be able to increase his average uh, annual value, which stands right now at about $15 million a year. The other part of it is you also have to understand the circumstances in the market. And right now, the circumstances, of the, I think we call them market conditions. Is that correct, David? Sure. Every sport has a different phrase for it. I believe market conditions will work. Sure. The market conditions, as we like to say. Um Manny Machado is going to be a free agent this year, and he is going to be far and away the guy who sets the market value. Uh, and he's also, and in, in addition to that, there aren't a ton of contenders that are going to be looking for a shortstop. You look around the league, and D.D. Gregorius is signed in New York through next year. Uh, Xander Bogarts is in Boston. Uh, Carlos Correa is in Houston. Um... Francisco Lindor in Cleveland. Uh, the biggest issue right now, I guess, would be the Dodgers, and they have Machado and would be the front runner for Machado. So I, I think the idea of of going into the market this year, A, it puts them as a very much second-tier uh, level of attractiveness team, and, and B, he's not coming off the best year. Also, see, we have to look around and look at how depressed the overall free agent market was last year. So I think a lot of those circumstances, combined with the fact that Elvis has a genuine desire to remain in Texas, and unless the situation is going to be really significantly financially attractive, I just don't, I did not get the impression that he was going to push it. And yesterday, Elvis pretty much indicated that, that he does not intend to push it. And to your point, nothing's ever final until it's final. He's got until five days after the World Series is over to make a decision on his future. Um, and if he decides to come back, he informs the Rangers that he's not going to exercise the opt-out. And I do think at some point in time between the end of the season and, and that opt-out date, he will sit down with Scott Boris, his agent, and Scott is really good at what he does, and he's really persuasive in some of his arguments. And Scott will outline some of the market conditions for him, and I'm sure there are going to be some cases where, in which Scott points out that there are ways that Elvis can more, more efficiently maximize his value. But I think at the end of the day, they're going to be pretty tangential and not worth Elvis's desire to remain in Texas. Not not worth risking that. Well, not just his desire. I mean, you're you are walking away from what fifty nine million 
if if you decide to do this at the end of this season and if you in in my mind in order to do yeah i'm sorry go ahead no, and it could be up to 74 because he's got a, a another vesting option in there for $15 million in 2023. So he's got the ability right now to have another five years at $15 million a year. Now, could he go out there and get four years at 16 at this point? Maybe, guaranteed, but I just don't see that there's going to be a big bump there, and I think that the, there's a very real possibility that he will have the at-bats necessary in 2021 and 2022 to key in the vesting option, and so it's just going to be hard to walk away or or say that there's a better deal out there than the $74 million awaiting him. Yeah, yeah to me, with that $59 million sitting there and just strictly analyzing it from a business perspective and and I know my first point here is not going to be a business point, but one, unless you're unhappy with where you're working, uh, which factors into a lot of these, where their players feel they're disrespected, they just don't want to be in that position anymore, uh, the grass is always greener somewhere else, things that all of us encounter in our jobs, and, and athletes are no different. But one, unless you're completely unhappy here in Texas, and two, unless you have strong indications that there are going to be that there's not just going to be one or maybe two teams that are going to be very interested in your services. There are four to five teams that make sense. I think it's very difficult to walk away from a number of 59 million when you, one, you are happy here. Two, I don't know that you can paint a scenario where there are going to be three, four, five teams that are aggressively going to be in pursuit of him. And if you can't do that, it seems to me like the, the risk-reward ratio just isn't good enough for you uh, to, to use the opt-out clause. Absolutely. I, I, I agree, and I mean, I, I think it's a two-way street. There's the opportunities, as, as we highlighted, are not, um, are not significant this year, and there's not a level of unhappiness. So... Uh, I think and I think next year I believe D.D. Gregorius becomes a free agent. Um, I also I'm not a hundred percent sure, but maybe Xander Bogarts as well. Um, so there may be you know especially if you get New York and Boston into a bidding war on somebody, uh, all of a sudden things get very exciting. So I just think it, it behooves him on so many levels to wait before he. He exercises the opt-out clause if he ever does. And I really think there's a possibility the Rangers could get with him, you know, this year, especially if Adrian Beltre retires and says, hey, look, what we're going to do is we're going to guarantee you that fifth year uh, and we'll bump your salary up by half a million a year over the over the course of the next few four years because we want to keep you here and we want you to play your entire career as a Ranger. Um, so, I, I, yeah, you know, I wouldn't rule out the possibility of the Rangers doing that either. And that's, that was the other part of this I was going to ask you, how, if at all, Adrian Beltre plays into this and his uncertain future with the club going forward. So you think there, there definitely is a, a, a tie here and, and it could impact uh, what, how they proceed forward with Elvis and how Elvis proceeds? Um, I, I, think, I, I think the tie is, is loose. But I do think that if, if Beltre retires and the Rangers, you know, no longer have that $16 million uh, to 
pay, and they no or eighteen million dollars to pay, and they no longer have um, a guy who who has become the face of this franchise. Look, pinning that title on a guy who has played here for ten years, who's going to end up probably over the course of the life if he stays here over the course of the life of this contract end up, you know, surpassing Michael Young in games played, surpassing Michael maybe in, in, in hits, um, and, and being that rarity, that rarest of rarities in this day and age, a guy who plays his entire major league career with one organization, I think there's some um, uh, tangential value, uh, I'm not using the right word, but there's some there's some additional value there for the Rangers, and I think it. Uh, I think the um, uh, the resources would be there for them to go ahead and at least make some kind of token gesture to say we'd like to ensure that this happens. Yeah, and that, that's what I was getting at. Actually, if if Beltray decides to retire, the Rangers are in the position of okay, we're in a transition here with our pitching staff. We just lost our most uh, the the face of our franchise, if you will, and Elvis is a cloak. Can we afford to let Elvis get to free agency? So they're actually put in a position of okay, let's make sure, let's remove all doubt, let's let him know how much we want him here, let's go ahead and basically negotiate against ourselves, give him a little more because he is more valuable to us now because Beltre isn't here. Correct. All 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 agree. So. Uh, one thing, Evan, we're going to run a tighter ship here time-wise, and so we won't uh, uh, go on for 40 minutes here. We're we have in our about five minutes left. But in that five minutes, um, what, who uh, Adrian Sampson is going to pitch tonight? Adrian Sampson is going to pitch tonight, make his second major league start. His first was two years ago, and then he got hurt warming up for the second one. And it's just another of... Uh, uh, the great rotation experiments that this team needs to conduct over the final 18 games, and really that they started a week ago. You, you won't see Bartolo Colon start anymore. Uh, you've seen the club use the idea of a reliever in the first couple of innings is in kind of the opener role a couple of times, and I think you'll continue to see that. You may see it expand, uh, include somebody like hard-throwing Connor Sadzik, um, you will see Sampson, who is 26 and who needs to, he's not, he's by no stretch of the imagination is he a top elite prospect, but the Rangers have got to find some depth guys who will be inexpensive um, and might be able to fill out their rotation next year. They're, they've got one starter for 2019, Mike Meyer. He's done a great job. He's really proven that this he is ready to pitch uh, as a starter again in the big league. Um, but they have four holes, and I don't think the way to go is to sign veteran free agents like, like they did with Bartolo Colon and Giovanni Gallardo to one-year deal. I think that either you create opportunities for young players if they're ready, or you um, add some guys who may have some, some real upside uh, on shorter multi-year deals, like a two-year deal, so that if they perform and the team doesn't perform, and we, I think we all know that the team is not going anywhere in 2019, that you then have a, a more attractive trade shift. 
the idea of the guy that is there just for two more months and who's giving you a marginal improvement in your rotation, uh, those guys have no value anymore. And so the only the only value that they do have, and this can't be overlooked, is if the Rangers are going to truly slow down their development process and try and finish off pitchers, you need some kind of level at the big league. You need some kind of barrier at the big league level that allows you to continue to be patient with the guys beneath. And that's that's the only reason I could see for having any uh, any of these just kind of retread veterans around. But by and large, it's got to be it's got to be young guys, and then they've got to look at the free agent market for intriguing. I I think that the signing of Miner last year was a really good signing in retrospect. You know, mm-hmm. they they paid free agents they paid a little bit above market value for a free agent reliever, but well below market value for a starting pitcher and got a guy who's going to end up with about 160 innings this year and be ready to take a step forward again next year. Uh, and those are the kinds of guys they have to find and identify um, over the next couple of years while they're, while they're minor league pitching grows. Having said this, don't you also think when you have four spots that, you know, ideally no more than one, but probably aren't you going to have to spend the money uh, and just one for a guy who's going to be there for a year just to fill out the rotation? I mean, you don't want guys to, to block development of those below, but that, right. that's a lot of spots to fill. It is, and, I, you know, I think that you're going to have, in some regard, you're going to have somebody like Yohander Mendez get a chance at the rotation, even if he's not uh, 100% ready um, or even if he's not really a, a fully capable big league pitcher, I think they will give him every benefit of the uh, every every benefit of the doubt to give him an opportunity. I think they will pursue the idea of supplementing their rotation with this this opener concept, um, and maybe following uh, maybe maybe you know Jeffrey Springs has done a really good job in a couple of these outings as, as the opener. Uh, they'll continue to take a look at that through through the end of the season. Uh, maybe he starts in one of those in one of those rota- in one of those spots and is followed in by a guy who could give you four or five innings uh, a little bit more capably. And there are some guys in in the organization that can do that. So you can you've got some ways to kind of supplement the back end of of the rotation a little bit. You've got to find some guys for the middle. And I'd really prefer if I were the Rangers. Uh, to roll the dice a little bit, go with some guys with high upside that have have a little bit of value, but aren't necessarily going to cost you um, twenty five million dollars because this team isn't ready to add a twenty five million dollar pitcher. The template of guys that I'm looking at are the guys like Sonny Gray if he gets uh, non tendered by the Yankees, as I expect he will. Uh, Drew Pomerantz with Boston, uh, who will be a free agent. These are guys who still have some upside. They have some dings, but they have some upside. And I would, if I were the Rangers, I would look closely at those opportunities there. And the the opener concept you mentioned, um, really love to. We're going to be talking about that in a lot in the coming weeks, I would think, and and would really love to explore that more because the the composition of the staff you just described sounds to me like. The, I, the ideal way and really the only way to launch this and see if you can make it work. 
uh, with where they are in, in their development. But as to, to, to end the day's show, why don't we talk about, uh, you know, as we said that, uh, you know, Samson's going to pitch tonight, Gallardo, Men- Menendez, Guardo. Uh, what is the best case scenario you see over these final few games of the season? What's the best case scenario that they can find out about their pitching staff with these guys going late as far as how many can have a role going forward? Well, I think the most important thing they can find out, to whatever extent you can find anything out in September, is I really like what I've seen from Jeffrey Springs in this opener role. And you've got to, it's going to take a, a certain kind of guy to, to handle that. And this is a guy who's capable of going one innings or two. And I think they made a little bit of a mistake, but it's a trial and error thing by having him go three innings the other day. But you could, you know, you have the ability now to have Springs do this another three times this year. You also have the ability, since it's a reliever and since he might pitch, you know, 15 to 25 pitches, you might have the ability to trot him out um, rather than every fifth day. You might have a chance to trot him out, you know, twice in five days. So I think it's incumbent for the Rangers to try that experiment. Um, I think it's incumbent for them to take a look at Connor Sadzik in that role. Uh, I don't, you know, there's not, there's not a lot. David, we could do another show entirely on this, that when you're playing September baseball against teams with 40-man rosters and yeah. rosters that are bloated beyond what they have the rest of the competitive season, it's really hard to get answers on anything. Mm-hmm. But... I think you can get some indications on how this looks or how uh, the, the pluses and minuses of, uh, of the usage of that role. And I really think that if, if I'm the Rangers, my goal over the final 18 games is to find the maximum number of innings and opportunities to use that starter because you can't have a, uh, that opener. You can't have a rotation full of openers but you can supplement the back end of a rotation that way. And the Rangers might have as many as two spots that they need to do this with next year. So I would, I would take every opportunity here to look at that. Evan, thank you so much for joining me on my first Ballsy podcast in charge. I appreciate it. I, I would also be remiss if I did not mention that I hope you had a lovely Rosh Hashanah yesterday. I did. I um, didn't really do anything that was terribly <laughs> Jewish. But I would like to point out, I would like to point out, if people want to have an optimistic bent on the rest of the season, the Rangers are one and zero in the year fifty-seven seventy-nine. <laughs> Is there a better way to end that podcast than with those words of optimism? I don't think so. No, I don't think so. Evan Grant, thank you so much, and. I'm sure we'll do it again next week, only then you'll put me in my place. So, uh, Probably. But good, <laughs> good luck with your next guest, David. Good luck. Oh, my God, this is problematic coming up. So, Evan, thank you, and we'll uh, see you soon. Safe travels. All right, David, take care. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to subscribe via iTunes. You'll get new episodes every week. And follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Until next time, sports fans, see you.